Well, welcome back. How are you guys doing? Good. So uh, today I am going to say as few words as possible. Now, don't cheer when I say that. Um, but it's because my dad is about to preach, and he is, I look up to him. Uh, one of my favorite things is when he retired from his church in Sacramento, and I was, I was on staff at that time, um, or actually he had his, I think it was his 25th year at, at that church and 50th year of ministry or something like that. And they had all the staff go around the room to describe one word about him that would best describe what they loved about him. And everybody had the same word. So that says how creative that staff was. No, no. It's, but they all said the word integrity. And there was just this thing that just sat in my heart. And I said, gosh, if I want to embody one thing in my life, if at the end of my career, people could say the one thing that that person embodied in their life is integrity, um, that would be a dream come true. And so I want to, I want you to welcome him up here. And, uh, I pray that you just, you hear God's voice speaking through him today. Cause I know it will be. Amen. Come on up, dad. Thank you, James. It's such a privilege to be here again. I feel like I'm coming home, you know, uh, his brother and he started this congregation how many years ago? 15, 12, 15 years ago. I remember I was here. Uh, well, actually, I wasn't here the first day. But anyway, and I've watched you grow and become so mature and kind of like the, one of the major fixtures here in Pastor Robos and want to uh, just say how good it is to be here with you and to be with you uh, to lead worship and to bring the Word of God to you. Uh, uh, it's, it's the Word that's been the guide for my life and uh, as a, both as a father, as a husband, as a grandfather now, it has uh, been the only and most trustworthy source of uh, uh, truth, something that you can lean down heavy on and count on to see you through. Let's have a short prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the gift of your word. And we thank you for not only the gift that you give to us, but the way we can incorporate it into our everyday lives. And we pray that today you will open our eyes, our hearts, our ears to be able to hear what you have to bring to us today. We pray these things in your holy name. Amen. Now, James has kind of plugged me into a series of messages you've been following on the book of Exodus. And so I'm going to pick up, I hope, where somebody left off uh, a week or two ago, uh, where Moses is... Um, He's uh, been raised in the Pharaoh's courtyard, court, and of course he murdered one of his soldiers for, for disciplining one of the Hebrew slaves. Moses runs out into the wilderness where he now is very happy, very peaceful, shepherding sheep and, um, and enjoying the bliss of, uh, of a peace life. He's married to Miriam. They're just so happy out there. And then in the third chapter of the book of Exodus, now... This is the word that God speaks to Moses. And now the cry of, my, of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So, now, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign that to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. 
Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your father has sent me to you. And they ask me, So what's his name? Then what shall I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. Then dropping, dropping down to the fourth chapter. And Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord didn't really appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake, and he ran from it. And then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, the Lord said, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of our fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. Then the Lord said, put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand inside his cloak, and then he took it out, and it was leprous, like snow. Now, put it back into your cloak, said God. So Moses put his hand back in his cloak, and when he took it out, it was restored, like the rest of his flesh. Then the Lord said, if you do not believe you, if they do not believe you or pay attention to the first miraculous sign, well, they'll believe the second. But if they do not believe the two signs or listen to you, well, take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground, and the water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. Moses said to the Lord, O oh Lord, I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am so slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you. Speak and teach you what to say. But Moses said, oh Lord, please send someone else to do it. Then the Lord angered, ang Lord's anger hurt, burned against Moses and he said, what about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he can speak quite well. He's already on his way to meet you, and his heart will be glad when he sees you. And you'll speak to him and put words into his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you, and it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take this staff in your hand so you can perform miraculous signs with it. Amen. Pretty amazing story, wouldn't you say? I find every time I read that story, I see something new in there, something new for me. God confronts Moses, who seems to be having a very comfortable and a very happy time out there with the Midianites. He does not want his world disturbed. And God comes to Moses in this burning bush, and he says, 
I have seen the misery of my people in Egypt, and I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. And now the crying of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So you, Moses, go now. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of it. I can just hear Moses going, what? <laughs> Haven't you heard? I'm a wanted man down there in Egypt. You know, the Pharaoh, that guy you sending me to, he wants to kill me. I don't think so. Israelites, slaves, they've been slaves for 400 years. Get used to it. This is normal. Not unusual. Why are you going to get upset about this now, God? I think this is all working out pretty good. I kind of sense that Moses is, is looking for some way to avoid what God is calling him to do. He's saying to God, you know, God, you got the wrong guy. You have got a mouse when you're looking for a lion. What you really want, God, is you want Superman. <laughs> you want Ant-Man. You want the Iron Man. You want the Hulk. You don't want Moses. <laughs> I'm just a little shepherd out here in the wilderness and I'm just minding my flock and I'm pretty happy. Please don't mess my world up. Excuses. Excuses. That's what Moses was coming up with. I'm reminded of a, of a story I heard about two of my grandchildren. Uh, the two children of my, my daughter's family, uh, Ava, who was I think at that time about four years old, and Katie Bell, who was about one year old. And it was Christmas time, and they were, had presents, of course, underneath the tree. And, and one of those presents had one of those, those motion-activated dolls, you know. You walk past it, and it, it cries or sings or says something. And, and so the kids would like to walk past the present under the tree, you know, get it to do something. And every night, mom and dad would put the present in the back of the tree. And the next day, it's always out in the front of the tree. And... So one night they went out and they had a babysitter come in and, and the, when the baby, as soon as they drove away, the, the babysitter said to the parents when they got home, well, I looked around and the girls were gone. So I thought, well, where would they be? So she said, I found the bathroom door was locked. And I assumed they were in there. I said, are you in there? And there was no sound. She said, I want you to unlock this door. No sound. I'm going to get a key if you don't unlock this door. No sound. So she went and got the key, unlocked the bathroom door, and there were the two little girls sitting on the floor with big wide eyes and wrapping paper in both their hands and the doll unwrapped out on the floor. The older girl, Ava, said, I told her not to, and she turned to her little, girl, little sister and said, How dare you, Catherine? excuses. How many excuses have you come up with to explain to God why you can't do what he's calling you to do? Well, Moses came up with four. I think they're pretty good excuses when I look at them. The first one we find there in the 11th verse, he says, who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. Who, me? 
no, not me. Have you ever felt that way, that being inadequate, doing what God has called you to do? Maybe he's calling you to be a tutor over here at Kermit King Elementary School. And you're saying, I don't like kids. I don't even know where Kermit King is. I don't even know who Kermit King is. I don't know enough to be a tutor. I was not that good in school myself. Children make me nervous. Or teach Sunday school? Are you kidding? This is my, my day to sleep in. I don't even come here when Sunday school is being held, I don't think. And besides that, I wouldn't know what to say to these kids. They know more than I do. They could teach me probably a thing or two. Beyond the session, an elder. Are you kidding me? I'm really busy. I don't have that kind of time. People don't look to me for leadership. They look to me to kind of help with the coffee. I can do coffee. Elder, session, forget it. Not now anyway. Maybe later. Help out at Paso Cares. Nah, homeless people make me feel nervous. I think I don't want to do that. I don't think there's anything I could really do there for them. Find somebody else. Well, that's what Moses was saying to God. Do you remember what God said? I think behind the, even the words of God, there was this, Moses, I have been preparing you for this moment, from the day of your birth. Did you forget that I saved your life? Did you forget that I raised you in the Pharaoh's palace? You know the Pharaoh and he knows you and you can talk his language. Have you forgotten that you are an Israelite and you know their language and you know their traditions and they know you and they know you're one of them. They know you as one of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob's children. Moses, have you forgotten? Do you think you're out here in the wilderness simply because you're trying to run for your life? You're out here in the wilderness so I can teach you how to survive in the wilderness, how to rub two sticks together and make a fire, how to eat locusts, how to prepare sheep. I've been preparing you this for 40 years. Do you think there's anything in your life that's been wasted, not intentionally planned for this moment? Moses I know what I'm doing, says God. Have you ever had that impression? Have you ever had that sense? God is preparing you today for a tomorrow. You don't know what's in that tomorrow, but you know what's going to come. Have you ever looked back on your life and said, I wonder why that happened to me, and I wonder why that happened, and I, some of the good, and even some of the bad things. All of that was homework for this test today. What is it that God is asking you to do? No, not asking. What is he telling you to do? And every time Moses comes up with an excuse, God's response is this. I will be with you. And this will be a sign, says God to Moses, that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. What kind of a sign is that? The sign is success. When you get to that mountain, you'll have proved my point, says God. When you have taught that Sunday school class and those kids go home knowing more than they did when they came to church, 
You have proved my point, says God. Well, that wasn't Moses' only excuse, or even his best one. Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, says Moses, the God of your father has sent me to you, and you, and they ask me, what is your name? Then what shall I say? What if the Israelites ask me some hard theological questions? So, tell me all about the Trinity. Will you explain that to me? How is it that Jesus rose, died on the cross, and then he rose? How does that, when is the end of the world going to come? Do you know the date? And where is it going to come? And how is it going to, do you know that? Aha, when you get to know that, come and talk to me about God, all this religion stuff. Have you ever felt that way? I know I did. I know I felt that way in college, and I would like to talk with people about God and Jesus, and they go, so what do you know? Well, I went to church when I was a kid. Yeah, well, that's not so big. So, I went to seminary, and I got a master's degree in, in, in divinity. Yeah, I got the degree. And then I came out and said, now I know. And they go, no, no, you don't. No, you don't. Every Presbyterian ministry has one of those. You got to know more than that. All right, I said. So I went off to Scotland, and I got another degree, a master's in theology. And I said, so... Or just a master's degrees. Okay, so then I went off and I got a doctor's degree, a doctor in ministry degree. Da, da, you have to call me Dr. Baird now. Yeah, well, those are all theological degrees. What do you really know about the world? So I went off and I got a master's in business administration. <laughs> and then I realized the problem isn't that I don't know. Or they don't even think that I don't know. The problem is they don't want to know. And they're just thinking up ways to dismiss me. If somebody's dismissing you, recognize it for what it is. It's not your lack of knowledge. It's simply because they don't want to hear. But someday God will open their ears. And they will want to hear. How much do you need to know to be able to share Jesus Christ? Here's what you need to know. I am, says God. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. God exists, and then make them prove he doesn't. Have you ever had somebody say, prove to me that God exists? Say, I will, the minute you prove to me he doesn't. God gives you all that you need in knowledge to be able to share him with anybody who wants to hear. Well, Moses is not finished. What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord didn't really appear to you, did he? He says, I have no credibility, Lord. Don't send me down there to, to those Israelites. I'm a nobody. I haven't even accomplished anything. I have no titles. I have no wealth. I have no, I'm just a shepherd out here with the Midianites. And God says to Moses, what's that in your hand? Moses says, well, just my walking stick. God says, throw it on the ground. He does, and it turns into a snake. And he, and he runs away from it, of course. And then God says, I want you to grab it by the tail. That is a challenge. Have you ever grabbed a snake by this tail? Not a good idea. Moses is now beginning to overcome his own fears. And he reaches down and grabs a snake. And the minute he does, it no longer is a snake. 
is now a walking stick again. God says, put your hand in your cloak. He does, and he says, take it out now, and it's all diseased. God says, now put it back in, and he pulls, puts it back in. He says, now pull it out, and now it's healed. God is saying, I'm the one who turns snakes into sticks. I'm the one who turns diseased hands into healthy hands. I am the God of power, the God of authority. Everything you need, Moses, I have given to you. Everything you need. Have you ever said, I wish that I could, and then looked at some characteristic that somebody else has. I wish that I had the ability to be able to run, or I'll have the ability to be able to, 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 to drive, or remember names, or remember, or, or do certain things. I wish I was like so-and-so. That's Moses. And God says to Moses, as he says to us, stop wishing you were somebody else. I have given you 100% of what you need in order to do what I have called you to do. Now, I haven't given you all the gifts that other people have because I'm not asking you to do all the things that I'm asking others to do. I'm asking you to do what I'm asking you to do and prepared you to do. Have you ever said, well, if I could only do that, if I only had that gift, I would, if I only had a little more money, God, I would give it to the church for sure. God says, I've given you enough to tithe. I haven't given you more than you need, and I haven't given you less than you need. I've given you exactly the right amount to do what I have called you to do. Moses, you've got a staff, right? Yes. Moses, do you have a hand? Yes. Moses, do you have anything else that I have given to you? Do you got a cup of water? Yes. Pour it on the ground. It turns into blood. Moses, good. You're good to go. But Moses isn't finished. Oh, Lord, I have never been eloquent. I'm slow to speech and slow to tongue. I'm incapable of doing what you were asking me as if God didn't know what Moses was capable of. And God says, you're slow to speech. Who gave you speech? You got a mouth? Good. You got words? Good. You got breath? Good. Are you alive? Good. Go. I'm not asking you to do what you cannot do. That would be a cruel thing. I'm asking you to do what you can do, else I wouldn't have asked you. Put your confidence, says God to Moses, in me. I will help you. That's God's answer to every one of Moses' excuses. Every one of them is answered with God saying, I will help you. Well, Moses is not finished. Moses says, and you can just hear the plead in his voice, Oh, Lord, please send someone else. <laughs> I'm just not going to do it. Forget it. I'm out of here. I'm back to the sheep. I just don't have whatever it is you think I have. I don't have it. 
Well, at that moment, we're told, the Lord's anger burned against Moses. I think, you know that burning bush Moses is still standing in front of? I think it's going to whoosh, big, it bursts into a huge flame like somebody just threw gasoline on it. And God says, well, what about your brother Aaron? You got a brother Aaron? Yeah, I got a brother Aaron. Well, you know what? Aaron's on his way to visit you right now. And when he comes, he's going to be really happy to see you. And I hope you are just as happy to see him. Because I'm sending him to help you out. He's a pretty good speaker, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's a good speaker. Good. Then use your brother Aaron. I think most of us can identify what our gifts are. Let's see, I've got a, a gift of intelligence. I've got a gift of education. I've got a gift of time. I've got a gift of... Did you know that one of the greatest gifts that God has given to you is your family? Are your friends? Is your church? Do you, do you really see them as a gift? And do you utilize those gifts the way you do other gifts that God has given to you? The gifts of our church and our family are some of the most valuable gifts we have to do what God has called us to do. And when we don't use God's gifts, we lose God's gifts. An unused gift is a wasted gift, but it's also a wasting gift. And what God calls us to do is what he called Moses to do is to utilize all of the gifts he's given to us, each one of us, in order to do what God has called us to do. If you're thirsty, he will fill your cup. If you're tired, he will give you rest. If you're broken, he will heal you. If you're discouraged, he will give you courage because he is the Lord. Well, this story is about God sending Moses on this mission to, to Pharaoh. It's about a man who felt so inadequate that he just knew that God was making a big mistake. But because Moses was faithful, four million Israelites were saved from slavery and entered into the promised land. Why? Because God is faithful. I will be with you, says the Lord God. And Jesus says, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, help open our eyes to see our gifts, the ones you've given to us, and not to belittle them or to set them aside as if they were redundant and unnecessary. And then, O oh Lord, still within us the desire and the motivation to use those gifts 
to glorify you. Yes, and to lead your people out of their slavery. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, who has liberated us from our sin. Amen.